now we're living during very special days. These 10 days of Dhul Hajjah are in fact the best days for any human being to live during them while he is remembering Allah as the source of every living thing. Because if you just reflect upon this day that passed, the ninth of Dhul Hajjah, the day of Arafah, the whole day stands upon one thing, unity. Nothing else is discussed or talked about but unity. And if you go back, if you read or listen to the last sermon of Rasulullah Khutbat al-Wada' okay, or the last sermon that he gave before he passed away sallallahu alayhi wasallam in Hajjat al-Wada' in the last pilgrimage you took. In that, the <coughs> emphasis was about Allah being the source of life and the source of living. He is the one, the eternal, the everlasting. From him, everything comes and to him, everything returns. If the Hujjaj who are standing on Arafah yesterday and us who are fasting, if Allah made it easy for us to fast with them, are not realizing to understand and appreciate that message in this day, then we have gained nothing. And Hajj is, in fact, a lesson and a test which was given to Sayyidina Ibrahim salam, and subhanAllah he passed with honors. Because if we look at the honor Allah gave to him in the Quran, nobody else besides Sayyidina Muhammad salam, had received such an honor besides Sayyidina Ibrahim salam, because Allah relate both of them to one another and Allah says, to Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi It is okay, the nation of your father Ibrahim, it is he who named you Muslims or people who submit and surrender their will to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, we need to reflect upon that journey of Ibrahim السلام, how Hajj came about and how it is supposed to be today and inshallah thereafter until Qiyamah. Now, in Surah As-Safat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala relate the story beautifully. I'm just going to recite some verses and I'm not going to take a long time because I know tomorrow is Salatul Eid. We all go to pray and this is a special night for prayer and then prepare to go for Salatul Eid. Allah said in the Quran in Surah As-Safat verses 100 to 112. You can read from before, you can read from uh, after that, but I chose those. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajim Rabbi habli min ash-salihin. فبشرناه بغلام حليم فلما بلغ معه السعي قال يا بني إني أرى في المنام أني أذبحك فانظر ماذا ترى قال يا أبت فعل ما تؤمر ستجدني إن شاء الله من الصابرين فلما أسلما وتله للجبين وناديناه أن يا إبراهيم قصدقت الرؤيا إن كذلك نجد المحسنين 
إن هذا لهو البلاء المبين وفديناه بذبح عظيم وتركنا عليه في الآخرين وسلام على إبراهيم كذلك نجز المحسنين إنه من عبادنا المؤمنين وبشرناه بإسحاق نبيا من الصالحين صدق الله العظيم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Ibrahim is calling upon Allah and asking upon him saying oh my lord gift me from the righteous a son Allah says we have given him the good news that he will have a tolerant child or a young man however when he reached the age of understanding, we have related to Ibrahim a dream. And he related to his son, Ismail, by saying, Oh my son, I have seen in the dream that I slaughter you or sacrifice you. Reflect and ponder and tell me what do you think of that. He said, without even thinking, Oh father, do what you have been commanded. Insha'Allah, you will find me from those who are patient. Then he took him to the valley of Mina. And there he put him on his forehead and about to slaughter him or sacrifice him. Then we called upon him from the heaven. Oh, Ibrahim, indeed you have fulfilled the dream. Indeed, we will give a reward for those who are righteous or good doers. Indeed, what you went through, O Ibrahim, is the greatest of tests. And thereafter, we have brought from the heaven a great sacrifice. And we left this tradition for those who will follow after or thereafter. Peace be upon Ibrahim. Indeed, this is the way we will give or provide for those who are righteous or good doers. For indeed, Ibrahim was one of our righteous believers. Thereafter, we have given him the good tiding of Ishaq, a prophet he will be among the righteous. Now, there are many, many things you can pick from those verses. The very thing that comes to my mind is this confusion between the people who are living today, especially among the intellectuals who are researching and looking and reading, and you don't know what is what, who was sacrificed or about to be sacrificed? Ismail or Ishaq? This surah tells you the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins by saying, okay, he prayed, oh Allah give me one of the righteous. Now he has two women, the Jews, and we agree upon the two women. Sarah, the first wife, from his people, and Hajir, the second wife, who was like a maid to Hajir, which was gifted to him by the ruler of Egypt, okay, to keep with them. We all know from the scriptures and from the Quran that when Sarah could not give a child, she gave the permission that he can marry Hajir. And then he prayed, oh Allah, give me from the righteous. And then who gave birth first, Hajir or Sarah? It is Hajir. It was her son Ishaq or Ismail? Ismail. And therefore, Allah talks about this first child. And why should he be sacrificed? And why the Jews today are not sacrificing and we are sacrificing? And why are we sacrificing in the land where Ismail lived, not Ishaq? 
If you go to where the land Ishaq lived in, there is no sacrificial. The Jews don't do this, but we do. Because Ismail was the one. So there is a confusion there, and people need to be very clear. The confusion comes from those people who do not understand or those who want to really bring confusion. So you should have no doubt in your heart. Some people say, people from the Mufassirin say it might be Ishaq. No. Sayyidina Ibrahim was never asked to sacrifice Ishaq. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was never stated to have said that Ishaq was to be sacrificed. Ismail. So we don't listen to nobody, stick to this and believe in it because this is the part of the faith. Now, why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ask Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam to sacrifice his son Ismail? Now the story goes, and I'm going to just shorten it, when Ibrahim alayhi salam was born in his house, whereby his father and his uncles, and by the way, they were originally from the land of Iraq. Okay, Iraq, yeah. Now, there, the family in their town were worshipping the idol. They were makers of the idol. But Ibrahim from the youth, like Sayyidina Muhammad salam, never. He used to be a shepherd. So whenever they're celebrating, going to pray, he will take the sheep and go. So nobody says anything. Because he's doing a job. Fine, let him go. However, when, subhanAllah, then Allah began to teach him because of his pondering and thinking, this is to show that every one of us have the faculty in their heart to research and to think and to develop his own kind of faith. Because every one of us have the ability to do that. Why did Muhammad Sallallahu went to the cave? Why did Ibrahim went to the mountains? Why did Isa used to walk and take the ships and go into the sea? Why? Because they were looking. They were researching. Allah said, You must ponder in the creation of the heaven and the earth. So you, might, you don't even need to give da'wah to somebody. The da'wah that you give to is not by word, it's by action, by doing. For indeed, if religion is anything, is how you interact with others. Hence, Rasulullah said, So whenever you are trying to judge yourself in an environment you are in, see in yourself the better da'ya in your better behavior, in your character. And therefore, when we look to Muhammad Sallam as a da'ya, Allah says, Indeed, in his example, you have the best example. That's the way you need to think about it. Not the word he said but the example of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So here, SubhanAllah, he was pondering and looking and Jibreel Alayhi Salaam come to him and the story goes, he related him to Allah through the dhikr. And then he came and destroyed the idols. And then they brought him and threw him in the fire because he was making the dhikr. And by the way, the dhakirin, if they are really dhakirin, okay, don't go around and try to test yourself because a zakir can take the fire and eat it, it will not harm him. A zakir can take a wild animal. By Allah Almighty God, I have seen in my lifetime men who do zikr, the scorpion that people are frightened of, they take it in their hand, they put it in their pocket. The snakes that are, the worst snake in, I used to have a, a friend of mine, it was normal. He would walk and if he snake, people are rushing, frying, just take it, play with it, and then take it out and put it, let it go. It will not harm him. They can tame them. My own family, I have an auntie who is living now and Allah is my witness. She's almost 102 years old or over that. She told me 
my grandmother's brother, which is a grandfather to me, he used to come out from the jungle outside, coming to the town where they used to live, and he would be seen by a lot of people, followed by lions and cheetahs, just like dogs following him. So I said to her, how come? She said, because of the zikr. They used to go inside for khalwa, seclusion, 40 days, 70 days, and they do that. If you are a dhakir, nothing can harm you. Azkuruni, azkurkum. Remember me, then I will remember you. Washkuruli, walatakfurun. Deny me not, but always show gratitude to me. If you are in that position, nothing can harm you. That's why the companions, when we're given that fear by the enemy among those mushrikeen and said to them, we're going to destroy you, you have nothing. They said, Hazmur Allah, we're going Allah is our savior and he's sufficient. Yeah. When I asked my sheikh and I said to him, look, I need something. I'm living in a land whereby everything is terrible. <coughs> it's a land of kufr. And I'm worried. I, 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 I'm doing everything that I can do possibly. But life is hard. He said, Hazmur Allah, we're going to be the sword. And Allah, I never turned back. And I always tell people, fear nothing. A fearful person is a person who doesn't fear God. Man khaf al-makhluqeen, okay? Man khaf al-makhluqeen, whosoever fear the created being, Allah will never put his fear in his heart. Man khaf Allah, akhaf Allahu minhu kull makhluq. And whosoever fear Allah, Allah will make every creature fear him. This is our way. We don't fear anybody but we fear Allah. But that has to be put in practical terms. Like Ibrahim alayhi salam, he feared nothing. He was thrown into the fire because he was making the dhikr. Like, to remind you, Sayyidina Yunus alayhi salam, when he was thrown off the ship because he was of the Dakirin and the whale took him in, the asset inside should destroy him. But immediately because he was remembering Allah, Allah said, If he was not one of those who was remembering Allah a lot, he will stay there in, in its belly until the day of judgment or the day of resurrection. But because he was one of the Akri, the Hud could not give him in. He had to throw him out. Just like us, if we blow, swallow something that is stuck and cannot be inside, either it will come down when you go to the toilet or it will come out. That's the idea. When you have diarrhea, because this thing cannot stay in, they want to come out. Either you vomit it or it come out, whatever it is. This is the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended that we should be like Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. So he was in the fire. What was his dhikr? According to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, because they were frightening him by the fire. They, they don't want to kill him. They want him to come back to the gods. But he will never believe in them. Allah Almighty in his height and might brought him down to Sayyidina Jibreel alayhi salam and Jibreel alayhi salam said to him, Allah as-salam is giving you salam. He said, wa alaykum as-salam ya Jibreel. May peace and blessing be upon you, Jibreel, and from him come peace and to him return the peace. He says, Allah has sent me, whatever you request and want, I will do for you. I said, from you or from him? He said, from me. He said, are you a created or a creator? He said, I'm a created. He said, I don't need it then. Look at that. If this is us, we run. If we look at us now, when we are in turmoil and troubles, what do we do? We run to people. We shouldn't. Abdullah ibn Umar al-Khattab says, لَقَدْ تَعَلَّمْنَا مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم إِذَا أَهَمَّنَا أَمْرٌ رَكَعْنَا رَكَعْتَانِ وَتَوَجَّهْنَا إِلَى اللَّهِ 
we have learned from the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam if we are faced by a dilemma immediately we make two raka'ahs to Allah and we turn to him in dua or supplication and we ask of him as we go this is the way it is so subhanallah Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam is the example at Muhammad sallam and Muhammad sallam is the example at Abdullah ibn Umar and those who follow their example he says if it is from you I don't need it then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the heaven looked at him this is the first test to him that's why Allah brought him close to him inna Ibrahim kana ummatan lillahi qanitan Ibrahim was a nation within himself meaning he has all the qualities that a nation would need to become a strong nation within himself as one human being Allah himself commanded the fire oh fire be cool and peaceful for Ibrahim so what happened to him? nothing they feared him when he got up and was doing that everybody ran imagine somebody today is burned in the fire and he comes out people will think he's a magician people will think well, whatever it is okay is something evil they will run away from him after there, then he was tested with the king. And it was a terrible okay, test. Then after that, when he went to Egypt and came back, brought Hajir, he was tested that he could not have a child. Okay? Then after that, he was tested because Sarah asked him to marry Hajir. It's very hard. We know that women are not easily accepting those kind of situations. And this is a lesson for those people who think today it is easy to marry more than one wife. It's not easy. It's difficult. No woman in this world will accept a second wife. Even if she begs you to do it. Allah knows that. And Allah says, even if you are trying to be just, you will never be just. Lan ta'adilu, Allah says. Never. Lan hiya nafiya. You will not be able to. So we need to think of those things seriously. And this is another topic. However, the test here was that he married her and Allah accepted his dua. As he said in the verse here, it was Sayyidina Ismail Now then Hajir became part of the test because the feeling now comes. He is now too busy with her, not because of her as a wife, but because of the child. You become attached to your child. Now, Allah wanted to see, does he love him more or the child more? So Allah said to him, take him to a valley and describe the valley. He went to the valley and there, he noticed there is nothing. No water, no grass, no trees, nothing. No life. Dead. And if you go to Mecca today, it looks dead. Subhanallah, when he was leaving, he realized if he leaves and goes away, after a few days, whatever they have will finish. They cannot be sustained. There is no path, there is no trail to show that there is caravan traveling through there because the caravan used to travel through by the Red Sea. So he stood up made a dua and he wanted to leave he couldn't so Hajar said to him and this is here another thing to show you Allah supports the good people by good people like Muhammad was supported by Khadija Sayyidina Ibrahim was supported by Hajar she said to him did Allah Almighty subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded you to bring us here and leave us here or this is your own to say that if it is from Allah, you should never question it. He said, it is from Allah. He said, Then go, he will never let us down. And Subhanallah, Sayyidina Ibrahim salam, immediately left and when he went up and looked down, he made a dua. 
because he fulfilled the first test he asked what? Allah accepted his dua. Oh Allah, bring them from all over the world whatever risk that you might provide for people so that they can be sustained. And look at it today. You go to Mecca, if you are from China, you find Chinese food. European, you find European food. There is McDonald's, by the way, in Mecca, <laughs> Madin. Everything you can find. So the Western children who are not used to our food from back home, because they become westernized, you see, you don't put Pakistani kid, you put them Pakistani food, they don't like it. Mauritius kid, you put them Mauritius kid. No, no, no. You bring them English food, oh, lovely, fish and chips. They love it. So, alhamdulillah, Allah bringing it in Mecca for them. McDonald's for the Saudis. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> they love it more than the people who come from abroad. However, subhanallah, that was not the end of the test for Sayyidina Ibrahim He went away back to Sarah. He spent many years. When he came back, of course, the Zamzam well and the very thing, the test for Hajar herself and the running between the Safa and the Marwa and the spring of Zamzam being brought. SubhanAllah, all those things and she built herself a life. She became a woman who was known in the community with a son who was pious and righteous and nobody said a father. Suddenly the father came back. He was so happy to see his son walking about, being a youth, and suddenly he dreams that he should slaughter his son. Now, the story goes, initially he was not happy with it, because Allah cannot command you to kill. When he saw the dream for the second and the third time, then he felt, no, he has to do it. Before he went to ask his wife, Hajar, about this dream, and that he'd been commanded, Iblis comes to her in the dream. And says to her, he will tell you that he's going to slaughter his son. And Allah doesn't do that. So do not believe in what he will tell you and do not allow him to do so. So when Ibrahim comes and tells her, because she had the faith, she rejected it. That's why we, okay, threw the jamrat. So Iblis came to Ibrahim to stop him from doing what he does. Iblis came to Hajir to stop her. And Iblis came also to Ismail. So the three jamras is... As if to kill the shaitan within ourselves, our nafs. Not to agree with shaitan and go against the haq or the truth and follow. Okay? The wimpo of our nafs. So here became the three things that we need to do. Number one is making sure that when we go to the hajj and we do the tawaf, to fulfill the initial way of showing that Allah is one through the circulating of the Kaaba. The oneness of Allah. Okay? That's the idea here. Allah is one. From Him we come unto Him we return. Then the Safa and Marwa in Sa'i, what Hajar did. Okay? To show need for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then going to Mina and throwing the Jamarat or the stoning of the Shaitan in the three to show that happening in the dream for them. And then the biggest thing. The sacrifice itself, when Sayyidina Ibrahim came to Sayyidina Ismail and said, Oh, my son, I have seen in the dream that I will slaughter you. He didn't say anything, but he said, Oh, Father, do what you have been commanded. This will only come from those whom Allah has chosen. It will never happen from the normal people. If you notice today, a lot of the good people, righteous people, good people, their children will go against them, not just because they came and said that we'll do this, we'll do that to you. Just asking them to pray or this. No, 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 no. You're going wrong or this is not the right thing or you are deluded. It happened all over the place. You see? Leave alone if they come to tell them that they want to do something like this, they might even call the police because they're crazy or they're mad. 
okay so we need to be very assured in our heart this is happening to noble people as Allah says because they were chosen they were righteous people Allah chose them for that reason as Allah says in the hadith قَبَضْتُ قَبْضَةً مِنْ نُورِي فَكَانَتْ مُحَمَّدًا وَمِنْهَا قَبَضْتُ قَبْضَةً فَكَانَتْ okay الصالحين the righteous people so it is something Allah has chosen and they were from those chosen people may Allah bless them and raise them and allow us to be among them in the day of judgment <laughs> then subhanallah Jibreel alayhi salam comes why because Ismail went with Sayyidina Ibrahim they say subhanallah when they were going he went back and took a rope and Hajir was just looking he couldn't do anything just looking from behind her curtain watching what is happening there Ibrahim called his son took his axe his knife and they, he walked with him Ismail said one minute he went back and brought a rope Ibrahim didn't know what to want with this rope so one day went and he put him to his forehead and he couldn't slaughter him he was couldn't he said father tie me up he said why he said because I don't want you to suddenly stop what Allah has commanded you because of your love to me and my emotion because I'm a human I'm going to be frightened of the knife coming to me so tie me up <coughs> subhanallah he did that and when he totally submitted to the will of Allah and accepting Allah's will for him because Allah wants to see do you love me Ibrahim more than you love your son when Allah Akbar Bismillah Rahman Rahim Allah Akbar Bismillah Rahman Rahim Allah Akbar Bismillah Rahman Rahim Allah when he wanted to say Allah Akbar I'm slaughtered in the third time Allah said yeah Ibrahim the call came from him he spoke to Allah many times before instead of he stopped and that is something powerful only Prophet can understand and appreciate nobody like ourselves now can have this thing because we don't have that ability of accepting this okay it's too much for us to hear Allah speaking to us we can't take it when Jibreel used to come to the Prophet with the Quran he was too powerful he could not take it so subhanallah Allah said, of Then immediately we brought in his place as a sacrifice a ram or a sheep from the heaven. From here come the sunnah of al udhiyah which is happening this morning, inshallah, in the land of Mina and all over the world. And it is a sunnah that everybody who is able to buy a sheep, okay, or to buy two, or to buy a goat, or to buy a bull, whatever, you should slaughter. And the idea is because it is not just for you, it is feeding the destitute and the poor. And Allah says this in the Quran. This is where Hajj comes from. So if you think about the dreams, it's all to come from dreams. All Hajj is dreams, by the way. People say oh, it's just dreams. Dreams are very important. Sayyidina Muhammad sallam, yani, if you read Surah Al-Fatiha at the end, Allah talks about the dream. In Badr, he saw the dreams. All the Prophet dream, and the dreams are the means of knowing the truth of the other world. So here you have got the tawaf around the Kaaba, okay, which is originally from the time of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam. What is added to it is the sa'i between Safa and Marwa. What is added to it, okay, is the jamarat in Mina and the sacrifice in Mina and the standing on the plain of Arafah. All this comes from the dream of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam and by doing that, Allah said to him, indeed you have fulfilled the dream. Here. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Falamma aslama wa tallahu lil jabeen wa nadaynahu ya Ibrahim. 
when they both submitted and surrendered okay, to the will of Allah, we called him. And when he put his forehead down to the ground, we called upon him, O Ibrahim, indeed you have fulfilled the dream. Because of the fulfillment of the dream, Allah said, indeed, this way we honor the good doers. So here he was honored. Just like the students in universities today, when they are given their diplomas and their degrees, those who have been given okay, the honor, they feel very honorable within themselves that they have achieved something. But here Ibrahim had achieved the greatest thing that anybody can achieve. But Allah then said, Indeed, this position Ibrahim was in is the greatest of tests. Because none of you can take it. I tell you, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you through your dream, the many of us want to dream. We all dream, but want to remember our dream. So we are happy to see good dreams. But imagine if Allah show you the reality of your life, the good and the bad, for you and for those people whom you love. I remember there was an English man, he could not sleep at night because every time he sleeps, he sees what happens in calamities around the world. Accidents, drowning, floodings, uh, volcanoes, people dying. He will know. He will wake up in the morning, he will go and buy the newspaper, open it, and he will see what he has seen in the dream. That means he was pure. He just needed a little bit of, and he will be in the right path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that means dream are for everybody. So don't take your dream lightly. Learn from them. But don't let them take you all over without understanding, trying to govern everything by every bit in them. You take just the general message of the dream and never interpret your dream by yourself or allow the ignorant to interpret it for you. Because Sayyidina Yusuf السلام, the master of the interpretation of the dreams where in Surah Yusuf it begins by a dream and it ends by explanation of a dream. Okay? And everything in it shows dream. The dream of Sayyidina Yusuf, the dreams of the prisoners with him, the dream of the leader, the noble man of Egypt. So, dreams are important. Here, Hajj is fulfilled because of this dream. A believer today who wants to go to Hajj to fulfill it, he is doing what Ibrahim is asked to do. Then, subhanAllah, Allah said in the Quran, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. Al-Hajju ashuru ma'lumat. Hajj is in certain month. Whosoever decided and intended and prepared himself to go and do Hajj, no relationship between partners in marriage in the time or the period of Hajj. That means once you put your ihram on. And not transgression by doing that which Allah has forbidden openly. And no fighting arguing in the period of Hajj. Whatever good you do, Allah is aware of it. O my servants, do take provisions. For indeed the best of provisions is the provision of piety. What does that mean? The provision of knowing how to avoid the forbidden or the dislike from Allah subhanahu wa and O oh you men of understanding, O oh you people of understanding, do fear me by avoiding that which I have forbidden. So the best way for a person to be close to Allah or to measure yourself, are you close or not? By how much 
you distance yourself from what Allah dislikes and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden. Rather than how much you did in good. That's the way. That's the measurement. Okay? This is what Allah says here. So hajj, in its real meaning, it is a way of providing for yourself a meaning of removing yourself from the haram. If you notice, once you put the haram, then everything is haram. In what sense? You're not supposed to argue. You're not supposed to shove, push, quarrel, fight. You're not supposed to even have a relation with your wife. You're not supposed to do anything that Allah dislikes or have forbidden openly. Keep away from it. Fear Allah while you're in the haram. Do not even kill a fly. Imagine even if you kill a little, a little fly. Subhanallah. Then you need to kill a sheep. As a sacrifice to feed those poor people. The whole idea is you must have peace within yourself, peace within the environment you live in, so that you can transform this peace to everything around you so that everything becomes peaceful in the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended it to be. Then Allah commanded Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam to make that call. Allah said, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وأذن في الناس بالحج O Ibrahim, call upon mankind to come and perform the pilgrimage. يأتوك رجالا They will come even walking وعلى كل ضامر and riding upon every vehicle that they can find. من كل فج عميق From every corner of this vast world. Why do they come? ليشهدوا منافع لهم So that they can witness benefits for themselves. So when you go to Hajj, there are benefits you can find. Some, a lot of people think benefits here, and they try to read the tafasir and the explanation, benefit, I can go there, then I can meet other people, and then I can talk to them about my business, I can give them my ideas, I can buy some goods, and it's not a business trip. It's not a holiday. It's not, you are going to, subhanAllah, one of the people who lived maybe six, seven hundred years ago, he said, so in my time, I see only the leaders use the period of going to Hajj, okay, so that they can have a break or a holiday. The businessmen, so that they can do business. And the poor people, so that they can go and beg. Today, there is an extra one, whereby there are people who go there to steal and rob. Gangs, they go to Hajj and Umrah for just stealing and robbing. So we need to be very careful from that. Okay? So that they can witness benefits for themselves. The benefit of meeting your brothers and sisters of Adam. Oh, you people, we have created you from a single male and a single female. And we made you into nation and tribes. So when you get there, that's what you do. Imagine, subhanAllah, the Afro Caribbean or Afro American guy in America, Malcolm X, who was brought up to hate everybody who is different than himself in color, not for anything, in race, because he felt these people have subjugated him and brought his family and made them a slave and they didn't give them any right. That's it. They're the enemy. When he went to Hajj after submission and surrender to Allah, and he noticed the different people, the speech he gave is very funny to me because he spoke only about there are people who are whiter than milk and this and that and this and that. Talked about human beings in their figure and shapes. He never talked about their character inside. He never talked about their kindness, their generosity. He talked only about the physical beings. 
This is a problem he used to have. And that made him fear. Humanity in it is diversity. It's only one humanity. It comes from one human. That's Adam. And Adam comes from the mud. And the mud is not one color or one texture. There are different varieties of mud. You understand? So it is very, very, you cannot say, well, I'm not eating these apples. They grow in this kind of mud. I don't like this mud. Whatever mud they grow in, you eat it. An apple coming from South Africa or coming from uh, the Mediterranean or coming from England, you just eat it. It's apple. The same thing. But believe me, if you want to understand the diversity of humans, go and ask somebody who understands geography and look at the texture of different varieties of clay or mud. I did. And therefore, I always think people are exactly like the mud in their nature. If they are very clinging, there is mud that you cannot even wash it from your hand. If they are up to your face all the time, there is mud like that. You see, if it goes into your trouser, you wash it with bleach, it doesn't come out. It's mud, but it's still, it can come out. And there is that, if it is very muddy, you sit on it, you get up after it is dry, you can just wipe it out and never there. There are people like that. You meet them, you want to meet them, and you look for them, they're not there. They're gone. And so on. In that way, you can find the same kind of attributes in that kind of mud you find in the nature of the human being that you see. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you, when you get there, the very thing, you meet the people of different okay, background, colors, languages, food, everything, so that you can feel, I come from Adam. That's number one. Number two, you realize that before you, there are companions, and there is the Prophet Muhammad and the people before them who went around these areas looking for one thing, Allah, nothing else. And therefore, today's dhikr is la ilaha illallah. If you fasted the day of Arafah and didn't say la ilaha illallah, a dhikr, you have missed it. Because the dhikr of la ilaha illallah is for the Arafah day. And Rasulullah sallam in Bukhari says, Man qala la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah, lahu al-mulkuhu ala kulli shayin qadir fi yawmihi mi'ata marra, لم يكن هنالك أحسن منه أو خير منه إلا من ذاده عليها. Whosoever in his day recite this kalima in the Urdu Pakistani way of teaching, they call it the kalima al-rabia, the fourth kalima, because they have got different kalimas. لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وهو على كل شيء قدير أو لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك له الحمد يحيي ويميت بديه الخير على كل شيء قدير. Hundred time in his day, nobody is better than you. Only somebody who did it more than you. If me and my brother lived together and I did it a hundred time and I felt good, he did a hundred and one. He's better in the sight of God. So today, in Arafah, there are men who will do it hundreds of thousands of times. But there are people who do it every day. As Allah, Allah is my witness. I know a man who is living now. A friend of mine, very close friend of mine. He does it every day a million times. Oh. Every day. And he's just a blacksmith. No value. If you want a mother to marry a daughter of somebody, nobody will marry him. He's a blacksmith. He's just a simple man. He told me he always made three knives. When the knives were half a pence, one and a half pence used to look after his family. Today the knife is five seven pounds Sudanese, fifteen thousand. It looks after this for his day. Anybody who lives in Sudan, fifteen thousand pounds will look. It was 
three or four part English, but more than enough in Sudan for a day. He said, I'm making my living. I never change. SubhanAllah, look. And every time I meet him, he said, Sheikh, if I want to do anything in my mind, I want to build an institution to teach the younger generation that you don't have to become a specialist to do uh, things that are beyond our reach. We need people to do these simple things. And you can make a living. But if you take a child and say to him, look, let me teach you to make a knife, no, 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 no. What money to bring to me? And he's driving a car, living in a good home, comfortably. Goes to Hajj, goes to Umrah, he doesn't ask anybody. He never borrowed money or nothing. He says, I want to make an institution so that I can teach people. But I want to make it in a modern way so that they can come to it. Because otherwise they will never come. Okay? So we need to think about it. So the greatest benefit is coming to La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah and taking it seriously by practicing it in your life. Okay? Then Allah says, يَشْهَدُ مَا نَافِعَ لَهُمْ وَيَذْكُرُ ثُمَ اللَّهِ And then they will mention the name of Allah. La ilaha illallah. فِي أَيَّامٍ مَعْلُومَاتٍ in days that are known. What are these days? The day of Eid is a very special day. But then the three days after that, called Ayam al-Tashriq, Eid al-Adha are four days. Eid al-Adha are four days. So if you want to يعني, take holiday for Eid al-Adha, you take the day of the 10th, the 11th, 12th, and the 13th. These are the three. Yom al-Eid, Yom al-Eid. And the three days after, called Ayam al-Tashriq, the days, okay? after removing your ihram and living, trying to keep yourself still as if you are in ihram by moving away from your nafs and the shaitan and coming back to your nature as being the man Allah created to worship him and become his servant. Okay? عَلَى مَا رَذَقَهُمْ مِنْ بَهِمَةِ الْأَنْعَامِ Those days, they can sacrifice what Allah provided for them from the animals that they can be sacrificed. He didn't say, a ram or a sheep, anything. Therefore, you can sacrifice a goat, a ram, uh, you can sacrifice uh, a camel, you can sacrifice uh, a bull or a cow, whatever, depending upon your ability and what you have in your. Somebody asked me, Can we sacrifice a chicken? I said, No. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, otherwise you come to a pigeon. It doesn't. <laughs> And welcome to chicken. We love this to the Christian. They can sacrifice chickens, but we don't do chickens. So it is essential. Come here, Sheikh Omar. Salamu alaikum. It is essential. It is important. Okay? <coughs> it is absolutely important that we realize the sacrifice in Islam is important. Okay? That we need to think about it from our heart that we are doing it as Sayyidina Ibrahim salam, was commanded to sacrifice his son Ismail and he was willing to do it, but then Allah replaced Ismail السلام, by bringing from the heaven the ram for him so that the ram can be sacrificed. This is something that every one of you, when you wake up this morning, you must think about. If you have the ability, think about it. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is stated here, okay? عَلَى مَا رَدَقَهُ مِنْ الْأَنْعَامِ فَكُلُّ مِنْهَا You must eat from it. Whatever behima, whatever behima, whatever animal, Okay? You have sacrificed, you must eat from it yourself. And then you must feed the destitute and the poor. Now here there are three lessons. The first lesson, you must sacrifice if you are able to. Because good for you. Second lesson, the sacrifice can take place in the day of Eid. Second, third, 
or fourth day. So if you couldn't do it tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, if not the day after tomorrow, the day after, the day after. But you cannot do it in the fifth day. Because Allah said here, في أيام المعلومات على ما رزقهم من بهمة الأنعام in certain written days those days يوم العيد the second the third and the fourth remember that this is what need to be done then the third lesson that we must feed this not just to ourselves but also to the destitute and the poor so here comes the ruling in Islam when you are doing your sacrifice of Eid al-Adha, or the Pakistanis call it Eid al-Baghra, I don't know where it comes from. Eid al-Baghra, because they're linked to India, Eid al-Baghra. They're so upset. Their, their ancestors worshiping the cows Eid al-Baghra. I don't know. Eid al-Adha. Eid al-Sacrifice. Okay, of sacrifice. Okay? So, subhanAllah, a third of this meat for the Eid al-Adha, or for the Aqiqa, the naming of the child, or, okay, for uh, the Walima, when you get married. A third of the meat of that animal you sacrifice must go for the destitute and the needy, and the poor. It is absolutely terrible when people leave them out of it. Because Allah said here, This is commandment from Allah. You can't just suddenly say, well, I know for a fact, if you have that sheep and you do not do that, then you have not done the job. The idea of killing and sacrificing is for us today not to replace our children by sacrificing. No, by leaving our desires and our egos behind and fulfilling what Allah wants us to do for others who cannot fulfill for themselves. So a third of your aqiqa, of your walima, and udhiya must be given to the poor. A third you can eat yourself because Allah said, فَكُلُّ And then they say, the third third, Muhammad said, give to your neighbors and friends. In my country, this is a tradition, those who are Sudanese will know, once it is done, they take a third of it, and they put it in cayman, they put it in, in portions, when we were young, and a big tray. They just put it like this, grouping. And then they take us to go to the neighbors. Mm-hmm. We go door by door, and we go there, and they say, Hajj Fatna, take your meat, Hajj Muhammad. And then they bring their meat as well. So you're not going to lose anything. You get more meat sometimes, in fact. But this is the way it is done. Mm-hmm. Don't go and get your meat from the butcher and say to him, make me two kilos into mints, mm-hmm. three kilos into this side for that night, and put it in bags. And seal it properly, come to your wife and say, the freezer must be emptied. <laughs> what for? For the Udhiyah. <laughs> it's not being bought or sacrificed for being frozen in the freezer. So you eat from it and say, MashaAllah, we're eating. Sheikh, MashaAllah, it is so blessed. Since last Hajj, I'm still eating from it. Somebody told me. Astaghfirullah al-Azim. Somebody was telling me, I said to him, what? It's so blessed. There is a lot of barakah in it. <laughs> I didn't know whether to laugh or to cry. There's no blessing in that. That's, something is wrong with it. So, may Allah give us tawfiq to understand and appreciate the Quran. The Quran tells us the story of Hajj. This is from Surah Al-Baqarah, from Surah Al-Safat, and from Surah Al-Hajj. So please look into it seriously and think about it. Now, I'm going to finish by telling you, tonight is a very special night. 
ليلة العيد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يسبسيفايد ليلة عيد الأضحى وليلة عيد الفطر ليلة الإجابة الدعاء إذا كبتد من الصنايع so when you leave me from here go and rest for a little bit before your fajr prayer okay get up even for the last 10-15 minutes make your wudu pray two rak'ahs even two rak'ahs by the intention of qiyam for Allah and then pray okay pray hard to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the dua is accepted in the sign and then you pray your fajr the first prayer in center mosque London the earliest prayer they pray is quarter past seven in the morning those who are able to go and do it you can go and do quarter past seven in the morning the first prayer you leave your home you have your qusl or salah you put your clean clothes in and if you have got anything even a socks or a tie that is new it's always preferable to wear something new for eight if you have it if you don't have it you don't have it you wear it and then you leave and you go and in your tongue Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar la ilaha illallah Allahu Akbar walillahi alhamd Allah is great Allah is the greatest there is none worthy to be worshipped but Allah and for Allah it's the gratitude I am grateful to Allah for giving me this position now you go one route and you come back by another route so the malaika will be many registering your name now once you get inside if you find the rows in front of you are full don't climb over the necks of people stay where you are and keep remembering Allah no talking when the imam stands up and says salatu hadira prayer is present then you get up and follow the imam in the prayer when the imam climbs the member and give his sermon don't move don't say to people in Mubarak in fact this is very embarrassing to see people getting up and the imam is just put your head down and close your eyes nobody is going to touch if somebody touch you or not, don't tell just listen whether you understand what he's saying or not just listen because Allah is presenting people in their heart their presence okay he is giving the presence the night of Eid is the night of present from Allah those who are presenting themselves to Allah that way Allah will give them the ja'idah when the imam come down from the member then get up and greet people embrace people but remember the most important thing that you come out after that sermon from the most is to forgive everybody the last sermon of Rasulullah if you have never read it read it in it the first thing Rasulullah said indeed all the blood of those whom were killed in my family which we are supposed to take revenge upon or wait for a ransom I forgive because there is nothing greater to make you angry with anybody than somebody killing somebody in your family you understand and then he talked about riba why because riba brings problems look at the world today it's falling about because of the interest maybe Greece paid it is that many times over the African countries have paid their debt many times over because the interest just keep going on there is no shame in it they take it take it take it still the capital is still there so that we need to think about Rasulullah is asking us anything that will burden people make their life difficult forgive them if anybody borrows from you and they cannot repay go to them and say Eid Mubarak I forgive you I don't want it Wallah Allah will give you tawfiq and success number two anybody who angered you not those people يعني, whom you are angry with okay just just anybody who angered you the people you made angry 
you should go to them and seek forgiveness. But those who angered you, and you don't wait for them, go to them. And say, brother, sister, please. It makes me feel so sad in a day and an age whereby the world is full of troubles, as if Allah is showing us that Islam is about peace. Allahumma <coughs> salam salam. Then you, you don't have salam with families. Children are not talking to their brothers and sisters. They're not talking to their uncle and aunties. They're not talking to their friends. They're not talking to their husbands or their wives. They're not talking to their children or their parents. Sad. How can a child not talk to their parents? You must make peace. If there is somebody whom you are angry with, or they are angry with you, take the trouble and go. And make peace. Silatul Rahim. Okay? The sila, the link between you and those whom you have blood link with them is so important. Okay? If you do not talk to somebody beyond three days because you are angry with them or they are angry with you, this is called fujur. Transgressing beyond bounds. Allah is not happy with you. You must forget about it. If after what I told you tonight about this, you go and you say, no, no, I'm not going to talk to them. No, what the Sheikh doesn't understand. Uh, what they did to me is terrible. How could I forgive them? If Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam could forgive the people of Mecca after what they did to his companion and friend and himself, the day when he said to them, idhabu fa'antum al-tulaga, go for you are free. For Allah taught him in the Quran in Surah Yusuf, Yusuf alayhi salam was abused, abused by people, by the language of the modern people who they call themselves civilized today, justice must be done. Yusuf never asked for justice from his brothers. He said, Let alaykum. What did he say? Let alaykum. You have done me no wrong. You have done nothing wrong. Al-yawm. It is said this way in Arabic. It means today I will ask Allah and He will definitely forgive you. Subhanallah. He didn't say, Well, I don't want to see you. I don't want to talk to you. Just leave me and go away. Some people say, Look, Shaykh, I'm forgiving the person, but I don't want to, to see them anymore. Astaghfirullah. Allah said in the Quran, Asluhu bayna khawaykum. Make sulh between your brothers. Allah said, Asluhu khair. Making sulh is better. And Allah said to Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Khudil afwa Khudil afwa Oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Whenever you are confronted with people who are causing trouble to you Or they feel you causing trouble Take the side of forgiveness Wa'amur bil urf And remember always the way of giving and taking In the natural way is the best way Is the best way Always forgive Ma'alish وَعَرِضْ عَنِ الْجَاهِلِينَ And keep away from the ignorant people. Because the ignorant people will tell you, no, 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 no. Brother, you must get justice. Your brother, he ate all your inheritance. And you want to go and say salam to him, what for? Go and seek justice. I can help you. I know a very good lawyer. I know a good barista. So what? You go and take him and get justice. So what? You did that and you are not talking to one another? Allah will never speak to you. You know, in night like this, Allah will never accept the dua of those people. In Laylatul Bara'a, the night of forgiveness, Allah will forgive everybody who's praying, asking forgiveness, except for three. The one who does not respect his parents, the one who's drunken and deliberately think that I cannot leave it, I want to just keep drink. 
and the one who is keeping anger in his heart against somebody. A grudge. Doesn't work. Leave me tonight or this morning. Go and pray for those who wronged you. And pray for those whom you wronged that Allah will forgive you in their behalf. And tomorrow, if you can, go and visit them. This is my advice. Without this, Eid is no Eid. Eid is not wearing new clothes. Eid is not singing songs and dancing and eating beautiful food. Eid is realizing we come from Allah, the peaceful, and we will return to him in peace if we can only keep our heart peaceful. Only who will come to Allah with a pure heart. A heart that carried grudges, anger, animosity is not a heart that will receive peace from Allah. Never. Sayyidina Yusuf his father, his mother, his brothers prostrated, putting their noses and forehead on the floor, not for the physical body of Yusuf, but for the spirit of Yusuf, who understood the meaning of forgiveness and realized Allah al Ghafur al Ghaffar. Allah is forgiving and ever forgiver. He will never. Allah is forgiving. So whenever you find yourself trying, 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 and nothing is happening, put your forehead to Allah, put your nose and rub it on the ground, rub your cheek on the ground, and say, Ya Ghafur, Ya Ghafar, Ya Ghafur, Ya Ghafar, Ya Ghafur, Ya Ghafar. And I promise you, He will, he will hear you. Because Allah is ever forgiving. Ever forgiving. Allah will never. Allah forgive everything. In Allah, Ya'afur al-Zunuba Jami'a. If Allah wants to forgive Abu Lahab, he can forgive him. Abu Jahl can forgive him. Whatever they did. In Allah, Ya'afur mm-hmm. al-Zunuba Jami'a. We are with Allah. We forgive. We don't take otherwise. Please, I don't like. The world today is full of these things. Everybody think justice is by taking revenge. No. And I tell you the last thing, subhanallah, in Islam, if somebody kills somebody in your family, Allah says, you can take him to court and the judge can say they can be killed. Okay? And nafs bin nafs. If somebody kills one, he can be killed. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if the family forgives, you can pay a ransom. A ransom can be paid. True or not true? That's the idea. A ransom can be paid. So the idea of forgiveness comes to the position whereby Allah says, yeah, just take a ransom and forgive. Or say, I don't want, I forgive. I saw many people whom they have things like that, and they say, look, we don't want problem. We are forgiving. So Allah then put in their heart something beautiful to make them feel. As I said, I think when I came back from the Umrah, what I saw and made me so happy while I was, I think in Mecca or Medina, I can't remember, in television, the troubles in the summer, and this Pakistani father in Birmingham standing mm-hmm. there, and the journalist trying to create the fire and the fitna. How do you feel on three from the members of your family have been killed by these gangsters, whatever? Mm-hmm. He says, it's not time for that. I'm asking everybody just to keep back. That is Islam. That is the way of Rasulullah And this is the man who is absolutely appreciated and understood Islam in his heart. And he forgave. And Allah, may Allah forgive him and forgive his family. And may Allah give those children who die the best place in paradise. And may Allah allow us to give the best example of Islam to everybody. And may Allah make our <coughs> tomorrow 
ابيت التمور وانا ايفري داي فولوز اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وسلم يا رب افحنا نبحه قدسيه هي هذه الصبوحيه واجعلنا يا ربنا بها من اهل الجمعيه يا رب البسنا خلعه الرضوان واجعلنا من اهل الامان اللهم رب احرسنا بعينك التي لا تنام وكلفنا بكنفك الذي لا يضام واحفظنا اللهم بك من سقوط الانام اغفر اللهم لنا بفضلك يا ذا الجلال والاكرام اللهم رب احفظنا ورعانا واتنا سؤلنا وبلغنا مقصودنا واجعلنا بذلك امنين مطمئنين فرحين مستبشرين اللهم يا ربي هي لنا من امرنا رشدا واجعل معونتك الحسنى لنا مددا بالاولياء بالصالحين بجمعهم من جاءنا القران عنهم مرشدا فرج بفضلك يا الهي كربنا يا خير مدا انا وله يدا اي اسك الله سبحانه وتعالى for brothers and sisters who were with us and no longer with us wherever they might be may Allah forgive them guide them strengthen them protect them and give them توفيق في الدنيا والاخره Those who are alive, may Allah give them long life. And those who have passed away, may Allah raise them to the highest lofty place. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for our parents. Those who are alive, may Allah give them long life with obedience and forgiveness to us. And those who are dead, may Allah raise them in paradise with the righteous people and allow them to forgive our sins. Ya Rabbil Alameen. And to our uncles and aunties, our grandparents, Ya Rabbil Alameen, brothers and sisters, and our relations, our friends. And everybody we know and everybody we have wronged, may Allah forgive us for wronging them. And everybody who have wronged us, we forgive them, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma Rabbina hadihi laylat al-maghfira. Faghfir lana dhunubana wa israfana fi amrina wa thabit aqdamana wa sunna ala qawmi al-kafirin. Rabbi ikhfir warhamu anta khayru al-rahimin. Rabbi ikhfir warhamu anta khayru al-rahimin. Rabbi ikhfir warhamu anta khayru al-rahimin. Ufranaka Rabbana wa ilayka al-masir. Salli wa sallim ala sinna Ahmadan Nabiya al-Amin wa alihi wa sallim. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Adat Amma Yusifun. Amen.